Collins wants a word. Powered by the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan. Packs 30% more power with 175 brake horsepower. Polish a floor and put a rug on it. You might as well set a man trap. I'll put the kettle on. And to think he'd only just come from the hospital. Ian Collins wants a word. David Cameron, yeah, very nice man, very pleasant. Just like one of us. Evening, comrades, and a marquee-sized welcome to episode 34 of Once a Word, the pod-based jolly that's now been officially categorised under EU law as exuberantly hazardous. Left in the wrong hands, the entire shebang can bring on belly convulsions so severe that Eric Pickles and Lisa Riley have now been officially banned from listening. You wouldn't want to see that pair go off, Andre, would you? Indeed, no human should ever witness something like that. On the show, this. It's not that I don't enjoy the shoebox, but I just want to mess with your shit. An Avery of Golden Eagles worth of this. Still waiting for pictures of your haircut, you know what I mean. <laughs> that is comedian Olivia Lee, who takes the once-a-word comedy challenge with us later. And we'd be kicked up the arse like Louis Walsh after totally forgetting who he was told to send home if we didn't dish out a healthy balance of this. Come on, Australia, get behind Colin. And the excitement levels, of course, are utterly through the roof, even though Sideshow Kev is here again. Kind of goes with the territory now, doesn't it? Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style! Sorry? Everyone's Gangnam Style, aren't they? Is that right? It's, it's, it's the new big thing, man. Yeah. Where have you been? Everyone's talking about it. Up my own arse, clearly. Well, yes. It's questions and feedback via social media, like Facebook and Twitter, and somebody did wrap some questions around a brick and chuck it through the studio window, which Nothing is very nice that. of them. I know, exactly. Actually, I've got one here from uh, Kev. This is for you again. Oh, great. This is from a, another Kevin. He says, did I see Kev in Swansea last Saturday? There was a bloke in Millet who was a dead ringer. He was buying a knife. I think we should be told. Well, it's true to say that any slightly fey Scottish voices you hear or any silhouette dancing you see on TV, or if you see anyone in Millet buying a knife it's almost certainly me yeah from morningside marty marty says just seen david cameron is on twitter thoughts most people are following david cameron on twitter so they can abuse him uh, beyond that i'm not quite sure really he's done it because you sort of have to do it don't you? that's it that's it yeah is he writing them do you think or do you think he's got no, i would be staggered if he was writing like john prescott's for example is really quite witty but it's just not John Prescott. It has to be said, though, if you were the guy who's writing David Cameron's, you've got the worst job in the world, because every time you log into the account, your entire timeline is just people saying, you are sh- That's all it is, so I can only imagine it's just for posting stuff. Speaking of politics, yeah. uh, Jess says, Collins, you seem to be some kind of political hawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which party leader won the battle of the big speeches at this year's party conferences? When I saw Nick Clegg's speech... I thought he had won it before I'd seen the other two. Then I saw Ed Miliband's speech, and I thought he was better than Ed. Then I saw David Cameron's speech, and I thought he was better. I am a sucker for the political speech. It doesn't matter whether it's Arthur Scargill or Mitt Romney. Put those guys up on a stage at some kind of convention, and I will buy into every last word and breath they utter. 
you can't go wrong at your own party conference. You know, Miliband did a brilliant re-establishing of who he was. Cameron did a brilliant uh, re-establishing of his political ideology. Mm-hmm. Nick Clegg, well, all right, Nick Clegg wasn't quite so good as the other two. But, yeah, I'd just buy into that crap all day long as a political hawk. From Johnny Cake... F- <laughs> I was watching Challenge TV when back from the pub late one night, and even though I was a bit pissed... Am I right in saying that 321 is the single most difficult quiz ever devised? Correct. I have to say, it, it was impossible, wasn't it? it? It was just insane, these riddles. There was no way, no way, people. It was just complete guesswork. There were things like, you know, so Ted Rogers would open the envelope and he would say... Which Bernie Winters has just given him. Correct. He would say, sometimes you take me for a ride. Sometimes you drive on the left-hand side. And sometimes I have four wheels and a roof. And somebody would go, oh, it's definitely the car. It's got to be the car. So Ted Rogers would dissect this by saying, sometimes I take you for a ride. Well, what do you do when you put your bin out at night? You take it for a ride down the... No, you don't! <laughs> You're just making this up! It was a nonsense. And as it turns out, you've not won the car or the bin. You've won a cutlery set. Correct. Uh, Ted Rogers was a big um, a big Thatcher fan. Was he? He was. Genuinely, this isn't a joke. This isn't a bit of old sideshow humour. Um, he spoke at the election rallies in 79, 83 and 87 on the night of the 1979 general election. See, I've researched this, Collins. You could learn from me. The night of the 1979 general election, he said, we'll know in the morning if we have a silly old woman's prime minister or whether Margaret Thatcher got in. Well done, Ted. Well done, Ted. Uh, Danny says, talking of getting stuff for free, because we've been talking about getting stuff for free. Yeah. I once went to a fairground, won a goldfish, and it died before I even left the fair, so the bloke gave me six as a replacement. (laughs) They all died within two days. A sad story, but at least they were free. Is this the kind of story you were looking for? Not Um, really. No. From George. George, George. George Burns. George Bush. George Benson. From George via email, George says... Susan George, Curious George. Radio One's new breakfast host, Nick Grimshaw, has this great idea. He does this comedy quiz, does he? In each question, there are three options, A, B or C, and only two answers are real. The other one is a hilarious fake answer. And they're read by a stupid monotone voice. Maybe you guys could try something similar on the podcast. You know, it's not a bad idea, is it? No, I don't know. I don't think it'll fly. Although I do have a clip yeah. of the Nick Grimshaw show, so people can just have a listen now. Okay. Yeah. From Len, lovely Len in Maidstone. Len says, here's another fact for you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> During your lifetime, you'll eat about 60,000 pounds of food. That's about the weight of six elephants. All right. I don't know, I've never weighed an elephant. Six elephants worth of grub. Doesn't seem very likely. That's a lot of meat. How many burgers would you get out of an elephant's truck? I'll phone India and find out. You wouldn't mind. And finally... Yes. ...from Andre Porch via Twitter. Oh, yeah. As I can't get to speak on the podcast, I thought I would write in. Lol. My new cool nickname is A-Funk. Please use it from now on. Why would we do that? Well, but when... Where's he gone, by the way? More to the point, when you give yourself a... Wait! Show yourself! If you give yourself a cool nickname, then it's just not a cool nickname, is it? Not really. If you have any questions you'd like to put to us, uh, or to a funk, then (laughs) just very simply, uh, it's kev at onceaword.com or ian at onceaword.com. We've also got this. Ah! 
Okay, here we go. It's random acts of irrational annoyance, the stuff in life that pisses you off. They are small, they are technically irrelevant, but they still drive you nuts. Kev, do you want to start us off on this? Because I've got three corkers on the way. Ah, well, I've got two mediocre ones. <laughs> All right. Um, dates on clothes. Why do you see 20-year-olds wearing T-shirts with 1967 written on it? Because that obviously doesn't really have any bearing. You mean bearing. some kind of retro print thing? Yeah, it doesn't have any bearing on their life. It's certainly not when they're born. It might be when their parents were born, I guess, if they got married young and had mm. a baby young and, you know, live in a caravan. But the point is that dates on clothes seems a bit weird. No idea. Why would I mean, why would you buy something which says, like, 1957 if you have no spiritual or life connection to 1957? Because you're a... Oops! <laughs> it could be that, though. I That's think the it's thing. probably that. And the other one is Kay Burley. I have nothing further to add. Uh, here's a little trio. Trio! One is that uh, paying for stuff online, um, it's the usual filling out of your credit card details. Yes. Autofill, really, <laughs> autofills everything. So off you go, you go through all the details, and you press click, and this phrase comes out, oops, we think we've done something wrong. Yeah. You need to fill out, and it's usually highlighted in some kind of red or something, and of course, you haven't done anything wrong. You've done everything right. Yes. It just hasn't registered. You've done everything right. So off I go, I go back, I try it again, and it comes back, oops, we think you've done something wrong, please try again. So I fill out another piece of information. This involves a, a standing order that I've got to you know, arrange. And all the, so before I know it, I've done it again, and it's still declining to take me to the next stage because supposedly I've still not adhered to the correct um, behaviour of filling in a form online. I'm looking at that bank card, that's correct. My address is correct. My details are correct. DOB, everything on there is correct. Mm -hmm. And in the end, just shortly before sticking my foot through my own computer screen, I decide the best way around this is to not buy a product from this company. So I quit the program and I go back to doing what I was doing. And I get onto my email. And I was coming. I'd opened four standing orders. They'd all gone through, <laughs> but decided to tell me they hadn't. Yeah. What the hell is that about? What kind of crazy mama? He's right. These are huge companies, by the way. Huge. Here's another one. Folk who start wearing gloves just because the nights have got darker. It's not cold. It's just dark. <laughs> Don't confuse the two. They're two completely separate notions. Yep. And beanie hats. And I've got to put David Cameron in there. Much like Ed Miliband last week, it wasn't the speech. It's that thing they do at the end of the speech, because they've clearly been told when you finish the speech, hold your hands up. And it looks clunky. It looks awkward. Look, only Obama and Clinton and the like can really pull off that kind of proper yeah. waving of hands. British politicians, British prime minister and the like, you just look like a dick. Keep your hands in your pockets. Jonathan says, hotel key cards that don't work when you've got all the way to the 23rd floor with all your baggage, only have to go back to the reception and queue again. I've had this. Yeah. I had this a bunch of times. I think one on one occasion, I went out and it was a bit of a late night. I mean, it's a really, really late night. And I ran, it got to about one o'clock. So I rang the hotel to book a hotel room. I right. thought, I can't get a train, I can't get a cab, I'll get a hotel. And it was about half five, you know, by the time I get in a cab, I get to this hotel, and the, the, the reception was upstairs. So the guy didn't actually see me walk into the hotel. Right. So I go to the reception, and the guy says, are you checking out, sir? And I said, no, checking in. I've never seen such a look of disgust on a man's <laughs> face. But that's, that happened there, so I get all the way to, like, the 15th floor. Key card doesn't work, and I go back. 
And he says, oh, I appear not to have activated it. I think he did it on purpose. So oh. I set fire to the hotel. Hey. John Roberts says, people who say they've forgotten something when their shopping has been scanned and then spend five minutes looking for it. That's when you're in the queue at the supermarket. I'll oh, just go back for it. Yeah. They usually go back for another round of shopping. Yeah. This in from Joe, who says, the inability of four by four people to park between white lines in supermarkets. That's a good point. And Adam mentions a good one here. The need to get formal stroke verbal confirmation that Pepsi is okay rather than Coke. I think he means when you ask for a Coke and they say, oh, we've only got Pepsi, but it's, yeah. all, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, but no, but that, does, that does happen in quite a lot of places, and I think it's because, you know, th- and there is a difference between Coke and Pepsi. They're not the same. No, Pepsi is sweeter, isn't it? Yeah, and if you ask for a, a, a Coke, and it's all to do with brand names yep. and the exciting world of True. the Cola Wars, they called them, back in the 1950s. Yeah. Liam says, when you tell the person next to you on a bus that this is your stop and they exhale angrily and pull a face before they stand up, what do you want me to do? Climb over you? If you're not prepared to stand up for five seconds, don't sit next to me! What do they think was going to happen? That you were only going to get off after them? Well, it's all, I mean, we, we talk about manners and the sort of decline of modern society a lot on this podcast. It's a bit like Newsnight in many ways, and that's just a wonderful example of it. You're on the bus and that sort of thing happens. Stuart McKinnon says, people who eat a meal but then always leave one sort of insignificant item like half a potato or an eighth of a sausage on the side of the plate. Why do they do that? It does happen, doesn't it? You've just left a, a quarter of a cherry tomato. Or half your open-faced sandwich or, or your chunky chips, your stop actual it, proper stop chips. Stop it, stop it. Or your sparkling don't, no, water. No, 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 don't even go there. Fred Davis says, it's got to be people who park their new car just over the line in the parking bay so that nobody can park next to them. There's a guy at the gym who parks a Ferrari right over two lines. Right. What's interesting about that, he does it without any kind of reaction on his face. He gets out of the car, it's busy, doesn't give a toss. But I understand it. I actually understand it. Because I think the thing is, when you have got a new car, because of the number of bastards in car parks who don't really give a damn and will open doors and dink the side of your petrol cap or whatever else... It's just, I, I completely understand that. In fact, I approve of that one. I think that's, I would do that. I don't do that, but I would do that if I wasn't, like, nice and stuff. Danny says, people who say, in no way, shape or form. I then ask them to give me examples in a way, shape or form, <laughs> but they can never do it. Good point. Uh, Andy says, the plastic packaging that comes on razor blade packets that almost needs a chainsaw to get it off. It used to be the old cassettes and CDs yeah. that, where you had that problem. I don't know what kind of... Divo set the packaging department up, but you'd spend half a day. You'd need a razor blade to get into a CD case. Sometimes you then do. you'd need something else to get into the razor blade box. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes printer cartridges are almost impossible to get into. And children's toys. Sylvia. Hang on. Sylvia says, language, the phrase various different things. Various is self-explanatory. Different is entirely superfluous. Yeah. Good point. Superfluous. I like that. If you've got any random acts of irrational annoyance, send them to me, ian at iancollins.com or at iancollinsuk on Twitter. It's really that simple. With an improved 175 BHP 2.5 litre diesel engine, the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan delivers 30% more power. 400 newton metres of torque also delivers 27% more punch. For more punch, more power and more pickup, contact your local Mitsubishi dealer for more info. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. You can't add believe it, really, can you? You can't actually believe it's actually back again for another one. <laughs> Justin, you thought it had gone away. It hasn't gone away. It's right to come back, hasn't it? Uh, here it is, everyone. It's Sideshow Kev's Shoebox. 
Weetabix of shoes. Kev. That's the one. And I have something to say. From Michael Luke on Twitter. Uh, he says, just remembered, got a new episode of Ian Collins Wants a Word. Rules. I'm assuming he means it rules rather than Ian Collins Wants Word Rules because that would be weird. Listen up to Shoebox, then skip to, in the case of uh, last week, Real Alex Jones. Only joking, Sideshow Kev. Ha, 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 Michael Luke, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is, I seem to be getting... It's not so much criticism, it's comments. Mm. And that one, you know, I mean, fair play to Michael. God bless him and all that kind of thing. I know he was making a joke. But then this arrived in my inbox from Vince McMintz, who says, Challenge for you, Kev. Do the shoebox in 60 seconds or less. If you manage it, I'll give £50... £50! £50 to the charity of your choice. It's not that I don't enjoy the shoebox, but I just want to mess with your shit, you tit. Well, if you really want to give money to charity, I'm not going to stop you, Vince. Okay. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do the shoebox in 60 seconds. Are you up for that? Because it relies on you a lot as well, not yeah, just me. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, it relies on you a lot. I'll go off like a box of crackers on this guy. Not for the first time. So this week, yes. 1966's popular campy schlockfest Batman, starring Adam West and Burt Ward, was renowned for Robin's witty exclamations which were peppered throughout. Gems such as, holy hole in a donut, or holy Halloween. However, one or two of these may have sailed a little close to the mark. Or did they? With that in mind, it's time to play Holy Sh Box of Shat, Batman. Andre! <laughs> Hang on a second. A-Fug! Give me some Holy Sh Box of Shat music, please, you Kate crusading tool. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Very simple, Ian Collins. Yep. You'll hear three holy quotes attributed to Robin... But one of them is fake. You just have to spot which one. Okay. Got to do all this in 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Oh, okay. A-Funk! Start the clock! Number one, find the Batty Batman answer. A, holy atomic pile. B, holy haberdashery. Or C, holy fictional recession. C. Is the correct answer. Number two, find the Batty Batman banter. A, holy priceless collection of Etruscan snoods. B, holy Kalati Quim. Or C, holy Merlin the Magician. B is not true. Correct. Three. A, holy rectal prolapse. B, holy costume party. Or C, holy almost. A is wrong. Is the correct answer. Four. A, holy Captain Nemo. B, holy night bus vomit. Or C, holy heart failure. B. Correct answer. Number five. A, holy long drawn silver. B, holy sardine. Or C, holy f I'm going to go for uh, holy f Stop the clock. We've only gone and done it. We've only gone and done it. Stick that, Vince, up your pipe and smoke it. £50 to the charity of our choice, who in this case, by the way, is us. So just stick it in an envelope and we'll go to the pub. That's the Showbiz Shoebox for this week. If you've got any sh** for the Showbiz Shoebox, or if you want to win a Showbiz Shoebox of your very own, find out how. Follow me on Twitter at Sideshow underscore Kev. I'm going now. I'm walking away. I'm walking away. Bye, Kev. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. So here it is. What is fast becoming the most futile... F In fact, this is a waste of my time. A waste of your time? I have to go through the answering machine the, every day. The quality is shocking. 07891832262. You use that number uh, to have a moan, a rant, some sort of whinge, a question or anything else you want. But, Kev, we do invite mm. offerings from all manner of other slightly more contemporary media. That's right, Ian. If you'd like to send us some audio via digital means, 
digital, then you can email me, kev at onceaword.com, and what I'll do is I'll give it to Andre, yeah. sorry, I'll give it to A-Funk, and he will listen to the whole thing, and it'll all be great. Yeah. We do give over £50. Over £50! If we reckon you've provided us with a beauty. Yeah. But, I mean, it's got to be really good. And they're very, really, really good. They're just usually very weird. Extremely odd. And I think it has to be said, today, no exception. We do a trio Mm -hmm. on every pod. Are you ready, Kev? I'm always ready, E. Let's go for it. I'm feebly attempting to press the button now! No, that's not right! Neither's... Ah, f*** it! A perfect example of the kind of shit we get. There's no badness in that voicemail. There's only goodness. I suppose so. He's spreading joy, Kev. If you want to look at it as a positive like that, then who am I to stand in your way? He's simply spreading joy. Here's another. Hello, podcastings. Well, I'm really glad you liked my uh, song last week, so I thought I'd show you the other side of my creative endeavours, and I thought I'd write you a poem. So here we go. There once was a guy called Mike who was left out of this podcast out of spite. So you can see my oops and eat my until you f***ing choke, you bastards. And now you got a chance to make it right. And they do wonder why poetry's gone out of fashion in broadcasting and podcasting. Yeah. That was that was very special. Yeah. Very, very special. I think Andrew Dice Clay can sleep at night, all right, can't he? I would imagine so. There was a young man called Mike. Let's not go there. Here's another. Hello, Ian. I've checked the podcast on iTunes again, and I'm now the number two reviewer in Australia. Surely there's more than two of us. Come on, Australia. Get behind Collins. Oh, you see, international. I like that. Well, somewhat. And there's there's no reason why people would want to listen to this pile of toot in Australia, but it appears that people do, which is quite nice. And I'm pleased that at least two people in Australia support the podcast. So well done, Australia. Well done, Australia. And you didn't even do the big down under gag, which was uh, good of you. Nor did I mention convicts. Not for one second. Oh, shit. Hey. So that, everybody, is the kind of standards you're trying to beat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, all forms of new social media, go to your voice notes, just email it to Kev at once a word. Uh, he passes it on to Andre, who spends hours listening through <laughs> such dross. It's frankly staggering the guy's even working with us. Uh, 07789183262, or email them through to Kev at onceaword.com. Thank you. Ian Collins wants a word. <laughs> Uh, we're back with the Comedy Challenge, Ken. Comedy Challenge! Uh, it's comedian and actor Olivia Lee Olivia is with us. Lee! Olivia Lee! How are you? I'm not going to lie. It's late. I've been out. And <laughs> I've had a few too many gins. It's I'm on the mother's villain. The funny thing about being in a cab, we had a, when I said you were coming on, somebody sent us an email. And they've I'm clearly just been, they'd just been watching uh, one of the, the pieces you did when you took a Range Rover for a test drive. Oh, the test drive. And the guy who, and you can YouTube this for those who haven't seen it, but the guy who, who's the salesman who thinks, he do, he's unaware he's being filmed, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, I, I acted as if he was my boyfriend, poor uh, God. How long did it take? That guy just didn't crack, did he? He didn't crack because he thought there was a sale there because the production team very cleverly told him that I was a genuine customer <laughs> and had a lot of cash to spend. So of course, he thought there might be a sale at the end of it, and that's how you get them. Of see? course. 
But even when you touched his arm, he said, I don't think that's very appropriate. Oh, well, there you go. That's what's that's what stopping the blow. With my... <laughs> There's no need for that. <laughs> the, <laughs> we just basically went to something and we stole... What is that called? We stole a megaphone. You, oh, brilliant. My friend David and I. David, do you want to say something with a megaphone? Go on, David. Go on, David. We did. We stole it from this thing we were at. It was just there on the, on the floor. Go on. Go on, say Dave. Say something. Come on, Dave. It sounds like you've got the police there. <laughs> so are you So Olivia, are you ready for the once a word comedy challenge? Okay, the comedy challenge. Here we go. Great. Question number one. Your surname is Lee, but unbeknown to many people in the world, there are other famous Lees out there in the world of comedy and entertainment. But which one of them recorded a DVD called Stand Up Comedian? Was it? Was it A, Stuart Lee, <laughs> B, Christopher Lee, or C, Mark Lee? Mark Lee's my brother. It definitely wasn't him. He's, he's also he's a Chinese comedian. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, I think it's Stuart Lee. Because you did say that before. Yeah, because there's only one other Lee. There's any, any good. That's true. There's two good Lee, Lees. I, then Mark Lee might be good. I mean... Yeah, I looked up his stuff. It looks frankly rather shocking to, to me. Okay, well, my, my brother's called Martley. Olivia Lee scores one out of one so far. Very good. This is good. This is good. Here's question number two. Uh, you appeared in ten episodes of Balls of Steel on Channel 4, but which famous US talk show host also made a cameo appearance in the same show? Was it Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, or Phil Donahue? Phil Donahue. You're going Phil Donahue. Yeah, because there's no way we would have got Ellen or Oprah. They're far too big and important to do a show like that. Yeah, but remember, Pauls of Steel has done an American version. Yeah, still no one watched it, so I'm going to go with the third. It's Oprah Winfrey. Would you believe that? Winfrey, Winfrey cameoed it up, yes. You're kidding me. That show never took off there, though. Well, that's probably (laughs) why, because... Oprah? Oprah. Oh, my God, Oprah and I have something in common. Well, you do now. Oprah was in Bulls of Steel, US. I'm telling my friend, he couldn't give a sh- <laughs> He's Here trying we- to look impressed. Here we go. He's going to get out the megaphone. He's getting the megaphone out. Is he going mega? Okay, let's get on with this before I embarrass myself even more. Here we go. Question number three. Which famous sitcom character... Use the catchphrase, don't mention the war. Was it A, Rigsby, B, Basil Forty, or C, Uncle Albert? Uh, Basil Forty. Basil Forty is the correct answer. It's yeah. another point for Olivia Lee, everybody. You know what my mum's nickname for me is? Go up. Basil. Why? I don't know why. She calls me Basil and my brother Bola. Listen, this is why I work in comedy. I have a very strange family. There's no rhyme or reason. I just, my name and my family is Basil. So. Nothing wrong with that. Who else? Here we go. Hey. With Here we go. Question number four. Yes. Uh, you've worked with Jay Leno on The Tonight Show, but how, does, but, but how does Jay have his wages delivered? A, in a truck. B, dropped via a military helicopter. Or C, he's on a PAYE scheme. I, I reckon he's on a PAYE scheme. <laughs> it's the right I answer. It's a pi- it's C. Jay Leno is on the PAYE scheme. 
he found it much easier for tax purposes. <laughs> Question number five. Which UK town has a comedy club called The Highlight? Is it Bristol, Bridlington or three, Birmingham? Birmingham. It's the correct answer. I know. You know how I know that? Go on. My uncle lives in Birmingham. He went to Birmingham University and check this out. He never lost. He married a Brummie woman and he now speaks with a full-on bona fide Brummie accent. How does that play so out in the family? Not very well. We don't see him that often. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go for the colour. We're going to go for the colour. Your friend made a friend, John. Shout it out. And here is the final question, I'm Olivia. I'm drunk and shouting. I'm a shouty drunk. I'm you're, a final question. I'm doing really well. I've only got one you're, wrong. You're almost at the top of the leaderboard. Top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Back of the net. Here it yeah. is. What is Michael McIntyre's middle name? Is it A. Huzar? No, B. Hazen or three, Hazard? Hazen, I think it's B. It's the right answer. Yeah. Which means, at the end of all of that, Olivia, you've got five out of six. That means you're top of the leaderboard. Top of the leaderboard! Top of the Anywhere from, you might get arrested. You've, you've just knocked Rob Rouse off the top of the leaderboard. Rob, Rob has gone. Olivia Lee is on the top. Top of the net list, net, net, net list, whatever. <laughs> okay, can I go now? Because I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself if you ask me to say anything coherent. We're all done, sister. Are we done? We're done. Listen, we'll probably tweet each other tomorrow. Definitely. And say nice things. You take care. Olivia Lee, thank you. DM me tomorrow, babe. See you later. I'm still waiting for pictures of your haircut. You know what I mean. <laughs> That's Olivia you Lee with us. <laughs> Credit stream. Well, blow me sideways and call me Doreen if it isn't the end of episode 34. Thanks to you, of course, for downloading. And if you like what we do and want to help support the podcast, make sure you leave us a nice five-star review. Android users can try us on the free Stitcher app. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be found on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch. Program edited by Cass Khan. Our researcher was the Archbishop of York. And today's chunky fat comes courtesy of Jamie in Blackburn, who tells me that Rolling Stone Keith Richards is so keen on shepherd's pie that he goes berserk if he doesn't get the first piece in the canteen when the band go on tour. On one occasion, chefs tried to palm him off with some cottage pie, but he got so annoyed he threw it all over Mick's then-wife, Jerry Hall. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. Join us next week as we present a show that might just be the subject of a government thought police investigation as former MOD UFO man Nick Pope pops along to go flying saucer crazy. Goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things. Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan. More pulling power than your designer boxer shorts. What do you think you're doing, lovely boys? It's time for today's joke on Ian Collins' Once a Word. So to set the scene, there's a restaurant and there's a knock on the door. 
and in walks an Englishman, a Scotsman, an Irishman, a Welshman, a Latvian, a Turk, a German, an Indian, a Moroccan, a Frenchman, a Dane, several Americans, including a Hawaiian and an Alaskan, an Argentinian, a Slovak, an Australian, an Egyptian, a New Zealander, a Spaniard, a Russian, a Guatemalan, a Colombian, a Pakistani, a Malaysian, a Croatian, a Cypriot, a Pole, a Lithuanian, a Cayman Islander, a Ugandan, a Czech, an Icelander, a Mexican, a Finn, and a Honduran, a Panamanian, an Andorran, a Venezuelan, a Lichtsteiner, a Syrian, a Mongolian, a Portuguese, a Canadian, a Cook Islander, a Norfolk Islander, a Haitian, a Macedonian, a Bolivian, a Georgian, a Tajikistani, an Armenian, an Albanian, and a Greenlander, a Virgin Islander, a Belarusian, a Qatari, a Tongan, a Cambodian, a Cuban, an Azerbaijani, a Romanian, a Chilean, a Kyrgyzstanian, a Jamaican, a Filipino, a Ukrainian, and a Dutchman, along with a Swiss, a Greek, a Bulgarian, a Belgian, and a Singaporean, an Italian, a Norwegian, and two Africans all walk into this here restaurant. I'm sorry, says the maitre d'. But you can't come in here without a tie. <laughs> 